The only real news to talk about these days is coronavirus and COVID-19 and how it's impacting all of us in various ways throughout the province, the country, and our own community here in Kamloops as well. And of course, the Kamloops Food Bank is dealing with some repercussions, of course, too. Here now to talk a little bit more about what those are is the Executive Director, Bernadette Siraki. Thank you so much for joining me here, Bernadette. Thank you for having me, Jeff. So, yeah, maybe just tell me a little bit about what you're seeing at this point in time and and how COVID-19 has affected your operation. I mean, I'm sure there are some impacts that you're seeing as a result. Yeah, absolutely. We've been keeping a careful ear open to the um, direction given by the provincial and federal government. And, you know, last week we really created a procedure that we felt was um, meeting the the requirements. We uh, started having only 10 clients in the waiting area at a time, which is unique for us because we typically have, you know, hundreds of people, people filter through here in a day. So many had to wait outside. But as they seem to be okay with that, our clients were really thankful that we were open and maintaining service so uh, as they were coming in they were hand sanitizing wearing gloves choosing their product but I feel as though we hit a tipping point at least for us this past weekend and everything seems to have very quickly shifted and um, the tables have turned quickly and so for us what we're noticing is um, the donations the perishable food donations in the stores have decreased dramatically and as as this uh, situation is unfolding with um, self-isolation and people not going to work, etc., we are noticing an increase in demand at our food bank. So for the very first time in years, we literally ran out of perishable product today and we needed to make um, another plan. So what we are doing, starting this morning, we will be seeing a shift in the way that we distribute the food to our clients. And I think for us, um, we are noticing ramifications from the bulk buying that we're seeing um, the general public do. So for us, we know we need some more soup at this point. We're connecting in with um, all of the stores here in town, the retail operations, and they're reporting to us, you know what? We don't have enough for our shelves. We're being shorted by the warehouse. Um, Product is selling the moment we put it on the shelves. Um, Our drivers have been reporting that the freezers at several stores have been nearly empty of all product. And we're definitely noticing that um, we're not able to access the product from the stores, nor is it being donated because it's being purchased so rapidly. Yeah, the panic buying is definitely having um, a lot of people worried about sort of what what is the situation, right? If, if I haven't gone grocery shopping in a yeah. while, am I going to be able to get food? And, you know, a food bank might be one of those places that kind of gets left behind a little bit, right? People aren't necessarily <laughs> thinking about others when they're so worried about, hey, what if I get stuck at home for 14 days? Well, you know what? Honestly, I have to tell you, this city does always think of us. And the number of businesses that have connected in with me today and business leaders have been honestly almost immeasurable. Uh, Mike Miltimore from Riversong Guitars connected in. Uh, MJ, your marketing coordinator from Stingray connected in to see what they could do. Jared Summers, owner of Noble Pig and um, and Forno, uh, they realized that they or they made the decision to close and connected in right away with us to see. Um, if they could donate perishable product. The casinos are closing in town. 
they connected in with us to donate all of their perishable product, um, the TR, TRU Culinary Arts. So all of these pickups will be occurring this week as these locations are closing. So we really see that we're going to be getting an influx of those perishable products, which is exactly what we need. So Kamloops really does show up. But what's unique about this um, pandemic, of course, it's unprecedented. It hasn't happened in any of our lifetime, lifetimes. Like We don't know what to expect, how to plan. We can only go day to day. Yesterday, we were advised that schools are now closed. Well, that's really going to affect the number of people that are coming here. These kids, many of them are getting supported with meal programs in the schools. And now that's going to be ending for them indefinitely. So we're all just doing the best that we can to try and minimize the risk. And at the food bank, we don't want to close. That would be, honestly, the very, very last possibility for us. Like, we don't even want to think about that. So we Mm -hmm. have very dedicated staff and volunteers. But honestly, for the first time ever, I can't encourage people to come and help us here. Um, Right? Yeah, We're not able to have. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is probably some concern eh, about not just new volunteers, but even existing volunteers maybe not wanting to come in and, and do their part, right? Because of the concerns that, that we have with the social distancing right now. Absolutely. So we have many volunteers who are choosing to just take a, a little bit of time away, being very respectful, of course, of not wanting to transmit anything or to or to catch anything. Um, uh, we have one volunteer, longtime volunteer for years. She was away in Mexico. Um, she's self-isolating um, for two weeks on her um, return back home. So we're grateful for that. But we're also being advised by the government to not have groups greater than 50. And that, in, that affects us at the food bank in a, you know, in a powerful way, we have 12 staff that are here, you know, full-time every day, supported by 30 volunteers. I mean, just our contingent that is here daily um, is nearing the 50 mark. And so we've had to reduce that a little bit with volunteers. And then we're only having 10 clients at a time through the client waiting area. And then we have some big events coming up, like the Rotary Spring Food Drive. We've had to stop or sorry, or to suspend this food drive, Um, not the food drive itself, but we have a breakfast beforehand for the Rotarians and then a lunch when they come back in, sort of hamburgers and hot dogs and just camaraderie and community and celebrating, you know, what a a generous community we live in. We're pretty much asking them, take those yellow bags out, which are back, by the way, they're biodegradable, uh, pick them up, bring them back and just keep moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, please, Kamloops, put those yellow bags out. We really, truly require those donations and we're rationing them so that they can last us the long term. And for our clients that are listening to this, Easter hampers, we typically, we have we have special hampers for Easter, for Christmas, Thanksgiving. And uh, this time we're not able to do that. On those days, we have 500 people in this building and we can't do that. And that's crazy. I um, know. Yeah, just so many things are being impacted and a food bank is just one, you know, you don't necessarily think of all these little things of you know, the, the food drives you have set up and just the amount of people that are in that building. Are you surprised, uh, you know, that you've already seen a bit of an uptick in people wanting to, to come to the food bank and get some resources through you guys? Are you surprised that it's happened this quickly? Because it feels, to me anyway, and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels pretty early to start seeing, um, you know, individuals start turning to the food bank already. Well, I think in times of crisis or panic, people 
can turn on their emergency thinking very quickly. And that could be what's happening here. I mean, I'm just making an assumption. But um, we're seeing sort of that hoarding piece with our, our own clients who... Um, are used to our system as well. The, uh, yesterday, we had more requests for emergency hampers, with the, which they can access in addition to coming the once a week. They can access that once every three months, and nearly 70% of the clients that went through accessed those. Um, so, you know, they're trying to stock up their, shel- their shelves as well, and we need to um, ensure that everybody is getting the same amount. So I'm asking for patience and understanding with our clients. For those who are listening, we respect you. We care about you. We're trying to keep a safe environment here and ensure that everybody has food for as long of a time as possible. So um, the stores remain our very strong partners. It's just that people are buying everything that they order mm-hmm. and that they have in their stores. And um, um, so thank you for giving us what you can. And we're going to stretch it as long as we, you know, as we possibly can. And I'm, I'm apologizing to our clients for, you know, the decrease in, in service a little bit to them. But they are still going to get food from us. We don't want to close. You mentioned it, you know, you're doing groups of 10 through at a time. And um, that's obviously probably lengthening the amount of time people are waiting to to access the food bank services. Um, Is that at all impacting your hours of operation in terms of, you know, is anyone having to like stay later to make sure people are are getting through and they need to? Is that an issue that you're dealing with at all at this point? You know, that's a good observation on your part. And so what we are, um, what our shift this morning is, is to create those pre-made hampers. So there is, um, it removes the choice and the time waiting for the people outside as well. Um, and you're right. There's a lineup of people outside waiting. And, and we can't stop that. We can't stop people from waiting outside. So what we can do is sanitize them on the way in. <laughs> They're all getting hand sanitizer and gloves and encourage them to leave as quickly as possible with the with the product that we're giving them so and they're not touching anything really so we're trying to get them in and out as quickly as possible and processed with with um, a significant amount of product still and um, that's what we're trying to do at this point but you know what we're noticing we have to be very flexible with our planning what we thought was a very solid plan on friday became obsolete on Monday mm-hmm. and we needed to replan and then again replan on on Tuesday for um, the plan for this morning so we um, we have a, a very dedicated staff thankfully dedicated board and here's hoping that we can maintain this plan for the longer term because who knows how long this is going to last I mean none of us have lived through this before this type of situation I um, uh, read on Twitter today that um, our our medical director Bonnie Henry had said this is not ending in two weeks. So I don't yeah. know when it will. Yeah, when I don't it, think anybody does. It's just sort of play it by ear, right? I mean, we self isolate for two weeks, but then you know someone who is <laughs> testing positive tomorrow has another two weeks. So I mean, it's yeah. just a rolling timeline at this point. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I did also want to ask while I have you here, Bernadette, um, you know, we, last time I had you on, we talked all about, you know, the Empty Bowls campaign and, um, you know, that was a pretty exciting initiative that was happening in March, but this is obviously having a, a, an impact on that. Um, is it still possible for people to, um, you know, order soup from participating restaurants? I know a lot of people are looking to, to do takeout instead. So is there still an opportunity in that regard to support the food bank in some way? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we created this this different kind of Empty Bowls event where people could go into, we were trying to highlight, you know, the, the restaurants and chefs in the downtown core. And as, as 
uh, you know, it was only 11 days or 12 days ago that we did the soup crawl and we had leaders from across our our city um, having a really fun time taste testing all of these different soups at the different restaurants and we were live feed, etc. That was 11 or 12 days ago where we were really joyful about this. And 12 days later, I have Jared Summers, uh, owner of um, Noble Pig and Forno, calling me saying, hey, we are shutting down. We're worried about, you know, the spread of this virus. We're concerned about our staff. And can we bring our perishable product to you? I mean, that's in 12 days. So, you know what? Yes, people can order soup. The greater, you know, I mean, the the landscape has changed since we started this event. So obviously, we're not necessarily highlighting it. We're necessary, you know, we're highlighting safety for people making good decisions about where you go, about what you do, about sanitizing, washing your hands and not touching your face. Those are, you know, those are really the two biggest ways to not spread this or to not, you know. Um, um, get it yourself. Mm-hmm. So just be really cautious about about you know your habits. And so yes, empty bowls is important, and yes, we need support. But um, people's safety and lives are are you know just as important mm-hmm. as giving people food. So um, yes, that would be great if you can order a takeout. I mean, it supports the restaurants, but it's also important that you make good decisions for your your health. I mean, if people want to donate to us, going online is a great option. We have a donate now piece. Of course, we always need, I always say we need three things to survive at the food bank, and that is food donations, um, donations that are, you know, financial and volunteering. And right now, for the first time in the 12 years I've been here, I'm I'm not asking for someone to volunteer, which is very odd for me to not invite new people into, you know, our work, home, and community, and this generous place. So if you want to help support what we're doing, you can go online and help do that. But honestly, focusing in on the safety of you and your family is the only way that this this is going to hopefully move forward quickly. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see how things unfold. I mean, on Friday, I'm part of a rotary group in town, and on Friday we had the president of TRU speaking to us. I mean, that's how fast things changed over the weekend. I feel like this was a tipping point this weekend. And on the Friday, he said, you know, he didn't mention at all anything about um, the university closing. And on Monday, that was the first bit of news that that came out. And then yesterday we heard about the sc- all of the schools closing. And, of course, Alberta schools closed on Monday as well. I mean, these are unprecedented times. Yeah, it's... Um <laughs> this is something I've never seen, and I've been doing news for about a decade now. And, yeah. you know, and like you said, this is something we haven't seen in anybody's lifetime here, right? The last closest thing we've already talked about is the Spanish flu, which is 100 years ago, and not too many people around from that. So it's, uh, it's we just kind of learn as we go here, and it sounds like tough times at the food bank, but I'm hoping that, uh, you know, doing things like this will get the word out that, you know, people do need donations, and the, the need is getting greater, and, and I really hope things, uh, you know, don't don't go southward any more than they already have. Thank you, thank you, Jeff, for connecting and and caring about you know our our mission to feed um, our community's most vulnerable. So thank you. Absolutely, thank you so much for your time. And uh, like like I said, best of luck here. Thank you. That was the executive director of the Kamloops Food Bank, Bernadette Siraki.